0: Good afternoon, everyone. BC here. I'm actually in the back of the shop next to this Lakefront property here, next to the BC Motor trailer, and in front of the new 2019 Veloster N, which is awesome. So welcome, welcome to a new episode of the BC monotech Tech Tuesday. Good afternoon or good evening, depending where you are. Greetings. Ship's cake, Sheppy's cake. Hello, Willie. Dilla whist. Risa tattoo, rice tattoo, I should say. Greetings as well. JP, good afternoon. Good afternoon. see you here lopez representing the 2jz toyota life hello arnie socal it's always good to see you every tuesday hello soriano thank you so much greetings the car guy 23 good afternoon to you as well r3513 hello adam itb kevin greetings dan good seeing you dan l business f2b like that screen name all the way from brooklyn new york Nothing special, Churingham, Good seeing you. Big Benny, thank you for joining me. Good afternoon as well. Black come to fake guy, <laughs> So, hello, Kanji. Good seeing you. Thank you so much, Kanji. I love this shirt. This is the BC Moto Blue Waggle Van shirt. Thank you so much. I did say hello to you, CB Burnham21. <laughs> Good seeing you. You know, ah, shout out to Jiffy Lube in Costa Mesa, keeping things lubricated. Good seeing you. Nothing special, Preston. I'm here at the back of the BCMOL facility next to the larger BCMOL trailer in front of the new, which really shocked me, Veloster N. I am well, Nathan. Hopefully things are well with you as well. Bring back the FUOK shirts I just made. That was a pretty cool shirt, a little Volga, but I think I will do that just for you. <laughs> Hi, it's JDM Drifter, and for those of you on YouTube, thank you for joining me on the Beast Moto Motor channel to share what I do every Tuesday, unfailingly, this time the 66th episode of the Beast Motor Tech Tuesday. And those listening to you on podcasting, forgive the noise in the background, I'm outside, it's pretty crazy, um, by all means. Ah, I see that um, Dan's on the longer Dan, whenever, you just come on by. I have plenty in stock here, you know? Nothing special, just here, had the opportunity. Benny's asking what's new. Um, you put in some size? Okay, we have to get you a larger one. Hello, Stefan from Automotive KMD. Stefan, let me know the axles because Super Street wants to shoot the wagon this week. So let me know if it's possible. Thank you so much, Willie, for the kind words. Um, Do I do shop tours for other shops? Um, Crown, yes I do, if we don't have anything crazy secretive back here. By all means, yeah. I love showing people around. Thank you so much for the kind words. Grace, some love cars. I appreciate the kind words. Foxman007. Good seeing you, let me calm down. I'm so excited today. Um, on my way Thursday, so maybe I should try and push them the next week. It may rain later, probably the week as well. Let me know, Stefan, I'll call you later on. Um, the van is awesome, it's here in the office. The Odyssey is there, and so is the wagon as well. They're both in the office. You can't see it, but it's right next to me. My bay door is right there, you know? Thank you, Al. Thank you so much, carguy23 who's excited to hear from us. I am excited to be here, and So here's what happened, guys. Uh, Things are great, Foxman 007. Jamaica's in the house. Thank you so much, Mr. Duncan. Good seeing you. Last week, I had the opportunity to to really play with this car. This is the new 2019 Veloster N, courtesy of Hyundai. And I hear Hyundai, I'm like, okay, uh, how's it gonna be? I know this is Hyundai's answer to the Civic Type R from Honda, which is a very impressive machine, but this is really nice. Now, what are some of the things that I like about the new Veloster N? It's not as crazy and wild as you may see with the Type R. Very subdued, which is pretty cool. So it doesn't give too much away. It's not too subdued like what you'll see with the Golf R. The Golf R is really kind of tame. This has a nice touch to it. And, you know, for those of you listening to me um, on uh, YouTube, please forgive me, but I'm going to take the Instagram people around with me. And just to show you guys what I'm talking about, um, right here is the Veloster N. has some... You know it's dead enough because i've been driving quite a bit it has some p0 uh pirelli's on it the largest exhaust tip i've ever seen on a tractor production vehicle and you know how most guys would do a review and talk about how the car handles all that stuff i'm a practical guy so i went to aem today to take a whole bunch higher and think about I take a look inside. Even the front seat, keep there, no cover. I like the texture, little blue uh that was very nice. Had the N model, and N, N logo there that you press on and puts into N mode, which is pretty cool. So it's a very practical hatchback indeed, which is pretty nice. So what is what are some of the cool things about this vehicle that I noticed? Well, what I noticed is that. Even though it doesn't have the horsepower that we may notice from—sorry about that. Even though it doesn't have the horsepower that we may notice from the Type R, it does a very good job in being extremely grunt-like in the lower RPM. So from a dig, it feels like some a better, some better bottom-end power compared to the Type R. But the Type R probably passes it up top, which is pretty interesting. And um, so yeah, sorry about that, Foxman. Sorry about that. And above and beyond that, what I did notice is that this is the best sounding car in this segment. When you look at the segment of the Focus ST, um, you look at the Type R Civic, you look at the, um, some of the offerings that you may even see from Honda. Whether it's the Civic SI or the Type R. This sounds awesome. When you put in the N mode, and I need to do that with you guys. You put in the end mode, it has this nice crackle and pop to it. It's really fun. And the modes adjust the shocks. The engine responsiveness it has the eco, normal, sport mode, and the N mode, which is awesome. And then you can really tweak it. So the Velocity N, for what it offers, being in the upper 20s, it's fantastic, you know? And they're turbocharged, it's a turbo 2.0, which is very nice. So it exists in the 26 to 27 range with the options, the decent brakes, it stops beautifully, it sounds great. The suspension, when in N mode, is a little too stiff. So what I have done, I keep it in the sport mode suspension but they end when it comes to performance of the engine and the sound. And it backfires when you let off. When you get into it and then the, the, the shift lights come up and you shift, you have this nice It sounds very Porsche GT3. So it's no surprise that the engineering from BMW, being that engineer Berman who left the M division at BMW, came over to Hyundai and played with this, it's really, really good. You can see a lot of his influence in this. So it's very, it's the most German Korean car I've ever driven. It's pretty nice. Yes, 275 horsepower, about 20, 25 shy of the Type R, but it's really, really a lot of fun. So car guy is saying, how would I compare to that of the Focus ST or RS? So with the RS, of course, you have the crazy all-wheel drive, but it feels a lot more tossable than the ST or the RS. The RS, what I like about it is interior, the seats really bolster you nicely, but this It's not too grippy around you, but it also isn't too soft. It's really nice. Plus, it's extremely versatile. Um, Some people don't like it, but I like the three doors. So it's pretty nice, you know? Um, uh, Let's see. Me and my friend are watching the fastest car, and even though you were last, we still were very impressed. Thank you so much, Grayson. And you know what? Here's one thing you know about me if you haven't watched me for a while. I take defeat as a blessing. And what I mean by that? The wagon that I'm wearing here, this wagon with the K-series, all-wheel drive, sequential, all that cool stuff, would not exist if I won that show. So the fact that I had the opportunity to lose on that show because it makes a lot of power and no traction with the Odyssey, this came to life. So I'm very happy about that. You know? It will be excellent for canyon carving, especially, you know what? The suspension is really, really good. They did a great job with electronic suspension. It's fantastic. Forgive the opening. I, um, I have some police guys who are next door to my shop. So they come in and out, they do a lot of surveillance and there's one right here who's driving in, you know? Finland's in the house, good seeing you, you know? Um, if I want to get rid of rotational mass, Arnie Soka asks, where are the biggest gains to be had? Flywheel, wheels, drive shaft. So definitely when it comes to responsiveness, the flywheel is huge. I'm a huge advocate of light flywheels. If any of you see what's on my inside, on my dry car, not only is it aluminum, I cut windows into it. So it's like a six pound flywheel, super light, I love it. Anything that allows you to Accelerate quickly and get from point A to point B much more efficiently is ideal. Next are wheels. Now, wheels does a lot more than just the engine responsiveness. Wheels do a great job in allowing your suspension to do a job much better. So when you use lightweight wheels, and you see on some of the cars, I'm a huge advocate of carbon fiber wheels or multi-piece wheels from 1552. It does a great job in allowing the vehicle to handle much better and to reduce the rotational mass, and the car just feels absolutely fantastic. You may lighten it so much that you have to change the valving on your shocks, which is pretty nice, you know. Yes, JP, even for boost. On all my boost applications, it gives you opportunity to spool much quicker, but also the caution is it can fall out of boost much quicker as well, but it's great. It allows for quicker spool, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, So, let's see, do you think about, what do you think about engine harness tucks? I think they're pretty cool if done right. It can give you the illusion that you have an engine just running without any wiring, it looks pretty cool but I've seen a lot of people doing it improperly and cause problems and even have fires. So one done right, and you have the patience to do it properly, it's a beautiful sight to behold. Danny GSR is asking if this wagon will make the fastest car. Yes, it is slated and built for season three. Right now they're filming or tying up the filming of season two. So next year they have post interest in this car and also the Viper that I have here as well. Hello, AJ Thompson from across the pond. ITB Kevin, you're absolutely correct. wire FTW. Ryan is who wired this car up, and he's my go-to person when it comes to wiring, which is pretty nice. And AJ, I don't know if you guys have this overseas or if you have the i30N, but this car is really cool. I'm really impressed. Hyundai has come a really long way. Does the 8th gen SI have any potential? Yes, it does. It does, with the K-Series engine, quite a bit. But the engine that has plenty of potential is the 10th gen. Whether you're looking at the K20C in the R, or you're looking at the SI with the L15BT, there's a lot of potential with that. Really, really nice, you know? Um, K Booty is saying, BC, you're gonna be tuning my S2000, but I live in the mountains and race at elevation. Would this be an issue? Not if you have the right engine management solution and allow me to do the job. So if you have an AM Infinity, which AM Infinity allows me not only to have a good, do a good job with closed loop function, it also has built-in capability for, wait for it, you ready? Above your map, it has the ability to be able to change information based upon elevation. So, you have the capability of adding a sensor that can allow you to have the engine change its parameters in terms of fueling based upon what elevation you're at, which is pretty nice. And what is a true testament to this? I'll tell you a little story about the, the Odyssey we talked about a moment ago. Years ago, when we first built the Odyssey, it had the unique opportunity of getting on to a show called Top Gear. Rutledge drove the car, and people don't know this, but behind the scenes, at about 26-27,000 feet elevation at, at uh, Pikes Peak, both the Porsche and Mercedes-Benz had a hard time starting. But the Odyssey with an Infinity ECU pressed the button, it started right up, which is amazing. So we had the capability of tuning the car at sea level here, and it's doing a great job at elevation, where elevation was taken into account with some of the VE calculations with the Infinity, and Ari, Hello! And the opportunity also to adjust because that's a built-in wideband controller. So whether you're here at sea level in the cold of winter or you're in Death Valley at elevation in the hot of summer, the AM Infinity has the capability of adjusting accordingly. So I hope that helps. No. You know? Art is asking, are you planning to tune up the Honda L15 B7 turbo engine? The swap will be nice to swap in the EG. So guess what? For the L15, you know who has mouths for that? Brian from Hasport. It can be done, no problem. Um, Arnie Sokol is asking, is that Hyundai chassis good as Mazda Speed 3 chassis handling-wise? I love the Mazda Speed 3. They did a great job. Mazda knocked it out of park with that. But this thing, not only does it handle extremely well with the different modes that exist from the Sport to the Eco to the Normal and also to the N-Mode and your complete adjustability and control over the electronics and the shocks in this chassis, Yes. The one thing that I'd love to put into this car to make it a little bit more crazy is more power. It needs another 100 horses, for sure. And some stiffer sway bars, which would be very really nice, you know? Was I present at the Top Gear filming of Odyssey? Yes, AJ. Unfortunately, I was. It was really cold. And call time was most of the time 4.30 in the morning. And 4.30 in the morning, I packed speak is actually, absolutely... Oh. Soul-searing. <laughs> it was really bad, you know? Um... Am I better to go turbo or supercharged for a fun street car? Great questions. Let's see. S. Robles. So, if you love the feel of a natural aspirated engine, but you want to have more power, supercharging is the way to go. It simulates the ability because you have no lag whatsoever and you have this nice linear induction that allows for a nice linear power delivery, then supercharging is the way to go. But if you're crazy like me, turbo, turbo, and you love the ability to have Infinite driving capabilities, the efficiencies where you kind of benefit tremendously. You like having that nice, you know, improvement and boost and things pushing up, then definitely boost is the way to go. You know, by all means, you know? What well, weight flywheel would I run on an NA Street Build d 16 The same thing I did on my street car. I did a seven pound flywheel, so I did. Hello, Shell, good seeing you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You were thinking about running a Crosswalk Supercharger. We're adding good. If you want to simulate your setup, act like a larger displacement na that's the way to go now bear in mind it takes power to run power so to make power with superchargers so you are directly cogged to your crankshaft and what that means is your supercharger requires energy to be able to turn it to push air into the engine and you don't have the flexibility of doing boost per gear or doing really cool things with boots or have this function where you can just crank things up or bring it down you don't have that capability what you have is what you get it's direct cog to the crankshaft with your police and so on and so forth um if you're okay with that then by all means I tend to see a lot of people come here with superchargers where there are heat issues, let's say S2000s, where if you do a turbocharge, you can reject heat into areas you don't want, fuse boxes, batteries, so on and so forth. And with the road truck superchargers that exist nowadays, you can get a lot more efficiency, which is pretty nice, you know? Grace is asking Do I like Chevys? Yes. Um, my first truck was a Chevy Silverado. I do like them very much, by all means. Do I know of any CVT modifications for high torque applications? No, not for 450 foot pounds. No. Um, CVTs are like uh, constant variable transmissions and in an in, in essence think of it as a glorified rubber band assembly where you have two pulleys a larger small one and those rubber bands can expand and change gear ratios almost infinitely because of the nature of those gearboxes you just can't put a lot of power through them so fortunately so I do not see that you know is it safe to get a fly, light flywheel further lightened yes you can as long as you don't interrupt the structural integrity of the flywheel so a machine shop has to know where to take information or take data from. Um, if you do not know, if you have a, someone who designs, it, they can easily do an FEA analysis on SolidWorks and be able to tell where the weak spots are to reinforce and where you can take things away for to allow you to be much more reliable. Hello, El Monstro. Thanks for the photos. El Monstro, very great guy. Um, Francis is his name, and he has actually written with me in this, and he was impressed as well. He's a die-hard VAG guy. And when I say VAG, I don't mean badge. I mean VAG as in... Vehicles from, you know, Volkswagen and Porsche and Audi, that whole, that whole group. Yes, you made it. Good to see you. Thank you so much, you know. Nathan is saying, on a B20B VTEC turbo, he replaced the entire valve, train, cams. Is there a benefit to using a D- B16 or B18? All about the street time and before 4 track. So are you saying B18 head or gearbox? Please let me know. Can a Honda with a D-series engine swap or any other D-series engine, or is it too much work? Can a Honda with a D-series engine swap with any other D-series engine? Can a D-series engine swap? Oh, so you're saying if you have, let's say, a CRX and you want to put in a D-16 Z6. It's not too difficult. Um, I did it with my original wagon, which originally came with a D-15 non-VTEC, and I took that and put in a a boosted D-16 and I just got a harness kit from RyeWire. That was it. It It's pretty nice, you know? um yes he is super buff absolutely <laughs> what i think about the brz potential especially for the second generation brz's i think they have a ton of potential especially with some of the challenges that were addressed with the valve train so there are people who have done good power with that there are shops out there delicious tuning da motorsports they've done great jobs with those there are supercharger kits turbocharged kits i think there's a lot of opportunity one thing i like about the brz's is the flat four engine allows for a much lower center of gravity and makes for a very nice balanced setup so i like that very much you know um hello Dennis good seeing you thank you so much appreciate that um oh no confusion whatsoever nothing whatsoever thank you so much I I would like to so I know that Hyundai wants to probably do something with a Veloster for SEMA this year and it may be one of the choices I want but hopefully we get a Veloster end because that's a very good platform and I feel there's a lot of potential with a flash a downpipe a cat delete or a high flow cat setup and something with the intake I think there's a lot of opportunity here this engine has a lot of power and what I may want to do I'm going to ask Hyundai if I can keep this car for a little bit longer, being maybe another few more hours tomorrow, and I'm going to put on a dyno and put it up, and we'll see what happens. I'll have you guys join me, and hopefully we don't have any nannies that kick in and won't let me do it on a dyno, which is pretty nice, you know? What is my favorite car? Gmo SVT is asking. Hello, Gmo. Good seeing you. Huh. My favorite. I kind of broke that down to three. I love the Odyssey that we built because the Odyssey is absolutely magnificent, crazy, spins tires in any gear. It's, it's, it's so blasphemous to have a minivan that makes a thousand horses. So I like that a lot. But when it comes to sheer terror, wow! You can't go, you can't go wrong with the blue 911 that I built with the two turbos hanging out the rear. Then '76, let me say '50. My wagon is really cool. Kevin, who's here, has ridden me with a wagon, and he's seen me give it half throttle. I see how scary that is. So it's a lot of fun. So I think that's this is going to be one of my favorite cars very soon. But when it comes to balance and really the pure enjoyable experience. It has to be the center seat Porsche that the team and I built uh, a couple years ago, the red one with the center seat. That thing is absolutely fantastic, you know? Mr. Makayan, I think the ProSpeed NSX kit is a good one. It really makes the NSX what it should have been from factory. So we've had customers come here and make everything from 380 to about 430 on a stock engine. It's a very, very good kit, especially when you combine it with AM Infinity. And uh, hopefully you come here to tune, and I'll make sure I make it very safe for you and enjoyable. So you can have many, many years of enjoyment and pleasure, you know? Oh, nice! <laughs> That's very nice. You enjoy the Veloster N immensely. It's a very fun car, indeed. You know, best street tire in the wet, which is usable in rainy conditions. Street tire in the wet. I would say Toyota RA ones. That's what I've seen is the best. The R Triple Eight Rs I think can do very well with the new tread pattern, but I haven't tried it in the rain yet. But based on my experience, I'll say the Toyota RA ones are very good. You know. Am I going to Formula Drift, Long Beach in April? I just may. So, our friends from Turbinex are always there. I may just go with them. Maybe I'll bring this out. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? You know? Um, how can I contact you about getting a dino tune? Very simple. You call the office, up front, um, 888-922-6686, and the team can get you my schedule. I'm kind of booked out for a couple of weeks now, but I'm able to squeeze you in if you need something very short term, you know? Um, so, Starship, I'm saying what I'd love to do is get access to ha- make some parts with the, with the N. Hyundai wants to work with us this year, and I'm thinking about begging them, instead of a standard Velocity, to allow me to get a crack at an N. And I'd love to be able to modify the exhaust system accordingly. I'd love to be able to do a downpipe, a catalytic or high-flow catalytic, an intake design which can feed the turbo much nicely, and remove some of the restrictions that exist. Even though this comes back with a cone filter. Impressive, Hyundai. I think there are ways that I could partner with AEM and K&N to be able to make something better and be able to have a flash for this, which would be fantastic, you know? How long would it take to tune the NSX Pro Speed Turbo Kit? Two to three hours max. Two hours if everything goes well. If we come across any small challenges, maybe three hours. That's about it. Yes, DC5Art, I do sell K-Tuner. We are a tuner and also distributor for K-Tuner, by all means. Thank you so much by the Born STI who says I'm inspiring and a very good role model. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. How do I like the first gen Porsche Panamera? It's very nice, but the second gen is vastly superior. The turbo is very good, but once again, it was Porsche's first foray into the four-door coupe. It feels like a coupe, handles very well, but they really knocked of apart with the second gen. I think I like it. Miles per gallon, even with me misbehaving, I got 21 miles per gallon on this. And that's me misbehaving. It's actually pretty miserly, which is pretty good. My pleasure, Makayan. Thank you indeed, DC5R. Thank you very much, I appreciate the kind words. Wow, so many of you are from here from all around the world, I appreciate that. And once again, I'm here in the back of the facility. I'm usually in the office, but it's such a beautiful day. We don't have rain today. Rain is coming tomorrow in Southern California. But I'm here in front of a car I've had for a week, the 2019 Veloster N, which is absolutely fantastic, you know? Uh, on 2800 feet, recommended fuel for the better gas money, I say 87, which is pretty nice. Um, 91, you may be wasting. If you go to, I would say, actually, I should say 89, 87, if you get into situations that are very hot, you may ping a little bit and it'll add fuel and retard timing, which makes your engine a little bit less efficient. I like using 89 and fits, and that's why I used it. My spec GK Fit, which I built a couple of years ago. You know, Updates on Insight, I think good, I love you. You're so great. I really do because it's hard for me to do so much at the same time. I have to build the engine on that. I'm so behind. <laughs> but my goal is to have it out running this quarter. I'll definitely keep you posted. By all means, you know, can an old NA engine benefit from high octane? Yes, it can, especially older NA engines. If you start with this like a situation where you start getting oil into the combustion chamber just from age, the rings getting older, valve seals getting older, what happens with oil when it gets in the combustion chamber through any means? It actually dilutes the octane rating of the fuel. So what you end up finding out is that you start pinging. If the ECU senses it, it starts retarding timing. It starts adding fuel and you get less efficiency. Adding 91 can make it a little more peppy. And why is it making peppy? Because it's now compensating for the octane dilution by the little bit of oil that's getting in the combustion chambers, you know? Which is pretty nice. The biggest thing most people in the N community are asking for is an open tuning solution. There's only one full remap solution in North America right now, Vivid Racing. Yeah, so open source is tough, Starship, because that means someone should come and do some coding and give it away for free. And not many people want to do that. So, even if I partner with a company, it's going to be something like what we see a lot in the Honda community, where it's like a paid service, at least for the module that allows you to flash. Um, it could be like a, a K-Tuner, which is like, you know, maybe a, a $200 module or $400 module. But open source free, I don't see that coming anytime soon. This car is just not that popular enough. The SI doesn't have that, let alone this. So, it's going to end up being a, it's going to end up being a, a very... A paid application yeah the OEM holds it I, I can tell by just driving this car that there's a lot that's being held back I can just tell you know um, so great question from AJ Thompson would you gain power from going to a dry sump oiling system with fewer rings per piston absolutely the biggest source of friction in an engine and friction robs power you know how I run this Purell hat and my my thing here Purell and I even put Purell on this and does a good job reducing friction, that's how it makes more power. I'm not going to even sure code it for you guys, that's what happens. So, where's a lot of that friction in the rings on my own race motors? I don't run a second ring because there's so much power in reducing the second ring. And I take it even further, I run low tension oil rings, which even gives me more horsepower. And then, because I run a low tension oil ring, I can easily get you know, how I talked about a moment ago about contaminating octane by getting oil into the combustion chamber? Well that can really happen with low tension oil rings. So I run a dry sump system with a vacuum in the crankcase and I kiss my oil rings next to the cylinder without inducing significant drag and I eat my cake and I have it too. I have vacuum, I have power from less friction, I gain. It's fantastic. Hello Sunday saying good seeing you as well brother. Good afternoon. How many hours would it take to dyno a boat on RSX? DC5R, good question. So to do it right It depends on the engine management solution you use. On a K-Pro, to do it the right way where you're tuning each cam angle individually, 0, 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50, and you merge them together, that takes at least four hours to do it properly. If you choose something like an AM Infinity, which only has one cam angle map, or an AM Series 2, that can now go from four hours thereabout to about two. Because you have one camango map to tune and not individual camango maps like factory and combine them together. That's the right way to do it, you know? Uh, where can you get that shirt? Freddy Lua, 8A, on the Beast Motor website. So um, if you have a hard time finding it, let me know. I'll send you a link. You can just PM me or DM me on Instagram. I'll send you a link. But if you go on the Beast Motor web store, under apparel, you'll see it. We have it in this blue. We have it in, in like, a tan. And like a kind of great baseball shirt as well and one of my favorites pink Pink's the new black by the way it's pretty cool um, if I install a supercharger my 8th SI what else do you recommend I would really recommend you to go at least one step colder in your plugs upgrade your fuel pump get an engine management solution that allows you to do flex fuel because that'll help you tremendously running e85 and running a proper oil is very important because you're now rejecting more heat into the crankcase and you need an oil that can handle that very well and I recommend pure oil by all means so that can help you know the benefits and cons of one-angle cam angle map versus five cam angle map. It's really time. The five cam angle map is very challenging um, because you're it's like tuning six cars. And the reason why it doesn't take 12 hours is by the time you finish with zero cam angle, you can see a correlation that carries over and uses as a base for cam angle map 10 and then 20. I don't see many engines benefiting from 50 cam angle. Um, I see some power in 43 and. 45 in supercharged applications and some NA, depending on the camshafts. Not much on turbocharging, um, but the single cam angle map allows me to really do things much quicker. Because you can have one map and you can tune it like you typically feel a, tune a fuel map. and You can get those very nice nuances. You know, so for example, if your engine wanted and loved 12 cam angle, it's kind of hard to do if you're just looking at 10 and then 20. But with a one map, you can put a couple degrees, see how it likes it, and a couple more degrees, see how it likes it. It's kind of challenging. You're kind of takes more time to do that with multiple cam angles so I kind of like that you know uh, also BC says K booty besides living the mountains and racing an elevation can we tune remotely no I don't uh, I can't do that I cannot tune um, anything remotely because I cannot optimize cam angles I cannot optimize ignition timing and I can just tell from logs what's ideal for the car plus if you have slight challenges things you can't quite quantify you can't hear Uh, slight knock issues with the valve train you can't see that remotely you may have a challenge and not know i keep i I just don't do it i only tune first hand and if you can't get to me find someone in your area that's reputable that can do the job well you know um am i afraid of driving the blue 911 due to the changes in laws no i don't um the car is a historical vehicle so a lot of those things don't apply to me at all would you place any importance on using different viscosity oil than oil inspect for high revving nabok no um yes there's extreme importance in that so john instead of what the manufacturers recommend you should go with the bearing clearances of the engine so if you're revving higher that's more heat that can break down viscosity levels very nicely it can impede the job of the hydrodynamic wedges that hand have you know occur with one particular uh, uh um viscosity especially if you're looking at conventional oils now if you upgrade to some of the boutique oils where they have much stronger um, how should I say uh, Sheer stability You don't have to worry about that And that's why I'm a huge advocate of boutique oils like Pure All um, So you can stay and eat your cake Because you know, whenever you go to a thicker viscosity oil You tend to have more pumping losses And you tend to lose a little bit more power um, To be able to overcome the resistance of the pumping losses So you, the one way you can get away with staying with a lower viscosity oil And get all the benefits of that instead of protection Is to use a proper oil with proper base oils as well Hello, d Designs. Good seeing you. I think you're still in Europe. Good seeing you as well. Would a 76.911 US cost to use a platform to modify? Would a seventy-six yours cost to use a... I don't quite understand your question. Is it costly to modify? Please rephrase. I, I really want to help, you know. Um, use market prices. I didn't see your initial question. I'm so sorry, AJ. Please forgive me hello Jeremiah thanks for the stickers once again Jeremiah by the way guys I've known since the early 2000s he's been he does all my stickers he's a great guy um, is there a difference between the B20 blocks between the high and low compression ones if we're playing the crunch etc uh, no I have not seen any difference between the two I have not um, they have the same sleeves and same opportunity nothing different uh, we can really use someone like you in the forums and cars net oh it's so tough um, the reason why I'm here is because I used to get a lot of questions from the forums and that's what Push me to create this bcmo tech tuesday because i was getting the same questions over and over again so i'd highly ask you to have those guys come visit us here every tuesday at noon um or you know follow me on instagram subscribe to what we do on youtube i'm always sharing information based upon your needs it's very really hard for me <laughs> to be able to <laughs> go on forums you know so better to buy an am EC versus k the cost done yes not only costs for that gym um it also allows you to you save money too plus you're not doing something that is an elegant hack into a factory ecu it's actually a full standalone ecu with new boards and you're not going to an old ecu trying to put in stuff you know. so um i tend to use uh the k pro when there's no other solution for a particular model then i'll use that but if not i tend to do that you know um and it's, it's vastly superior i can do a lot more with the aem i can do individual cylinder tuning for knock for fuel um, I can put a lot of safety measures in place. Um, it has CAN functions, which allow me to do wonderful things. It has multiple rev limit applications. The Infinity has multiple fail safe opportunities for fuel pressure, oil pressure, um, uh, lean mixtures. Uh, it allows me to even do external things as well. You can connect to AM dash and put it. It's just, it gives, me the pri- it gives me the features of a Motec that may cost $15,000 for a fraction of the cost, for like 10% of the cost it's wonderful you know my pleasure Rand Rams I love this I wish I had this when I was growing up and getting to cars I had no one I could turn to I had to read books the VA guys wouldn't help me if not for John Consiality the founder of AEM I, I don't know where I'd be today and to be able to do this I would not be able to do, you know be able to take care of that as well AJ is saying something that's a bit sensitive he says he's already preempting it he says have I ever come across racism issues in automotive aftermarket and racing world um, no not in my face never Um, From street racing, which I don't condone, to me racing on the track, I haven't seen that. Now, there are people who used to be mad at me because I ran a single cam. Um, I got tore down multiple times because people had to be... I kept getting accused of cheating with my engines. People don't understand that it's science and engineering that allows you to go fast, not cheating. Hell, most of the people who pointed that I was cheating, they were cheating themselves, which is kind of crazy. But I got more slack for being a D-series or single cam F-series guy than... A guy who's of African descent, you know? Um, AM is much cheaper compared to Motec. Yes, yeah, by far. It's much more cost-effective. Um, do I need to worry about running thicker gauge wire to upgrade a fuel pump? on a? It'll be good to do that. So the factory wiring for a pump is really weak. Not only do I run thicker wiring, I tend to use my factory wiring for a relay. Even on this wagon, my factory fuel pump wiring is a relay activation. I run a hard, heavy gauge wire from my battery to my pump, and I use a relay to be able to activate it, which my wire, my Puny Factory wires, activate that. So it's a good idea to do that, you know? What's the setup on the 996 Twin Turbo? I'll tell you. team is Turbos, um, the infinity uh, plug and play for 996 Turbo, my um, Pure Oils, I have a clutch upgrade as well. Um, I eliminated the front differential, so it's now, instead of all wheel drive, it's rear wheel drive only uh let's see what else uh i run ngk iridium plugs now instead of the multi-prong bosches that were in there kind of weird um i run pure oils as well and did a custom kind of uh, exhaust system on it that's about it and got to 600 horse it was just that stock engine stock gearbox it's pretty good you know what mods would need to be done to get 200 na from a d16 z6 so i did that on an a6 head with a d15 bottom end and the one thing is you have to port what i did i put it to get 200 wheel and I got mine at 230, by the way, but to get to 200, high compression pistons, sleeve the block for integrity, ported the crap out of the head, ran a Level-X BC motor camshaft, and I ran ITBs and a custom header, that's what I did. AJ is saying, any more plans with Hoonigan? Yes, we're gonna come here one Thursday and they're gonna do a full day, yes, from morning to night, on their Twitch feed. And we're gonna cross-pollinate with my Twitch feed, which is pretty interesting. Hoonigan, they love everything. Anything I build, they will cover. So. When we're done with the Mercedes, which I don't know if I should still do that, but when we're done with the Mercedes, it's going to be on there. The MR2 is going to be on there. Um, The black Porsche is going to be on there. They want the blue 911 that we just talked about, the 76. It's going to be pretty good, you know? Next week, big things happening. Me catching up with work. Nothing big. We get some rain coming next week. But nothing earth-shattering. I may end up building my engine and playing with the wagon more because by that time, hopefully, I should be done filming with Super Street. Guys, this wagon, the only reason why I haven't beat the crap out of it is because Super Street hasn't shot it yet once they shoot it it's over I don't have to make it pretty anymore I can go beat the crap out of it I'm gonna go to Irwindale Fontana I'm gonna even take the button willow I don't care I'm gonna beat it the... she's gonna be so mad at me anything that's gonna break is gonna break and I'm gonna fix it and learn from it it's really good how's Aria doing the wagon it's awesome adding good you're so great thank you so much Adon thank you so much for the kind words Thank you for the kind words about the van as well. It's Beener Jr. Thank you very much. It's okay. Adon, we're all family here. We all love each other. Don't even worry about it, eh? What did I drive to work today? Call an ass. That right there. 2019 Veloster N. 273 horsepower. More torque than that. Multiple modes. Very fun vehicle. It, when compared to Civic Type R, dare I say, it offers more car for the value. It really does. Check this in the 27,000 range, it's fantastic, you know? It's all set up on the Odyssey. Um, it has a three inch downpipe from the turbo that expands to three and a half that goes to a burns muffler using all vibrant hardware in fabrication, you know? Um, how do you create vacuum in crankcase on booster motors? What do you do with motors with PVC scissors? Vent to atmosphere? So it totally depends. Typically, the PVC I'll vent to any pipe that exists in front of the turbo. So when the turbo is spinning, it's creating a vacuum. So instead of going to intake manifold, you have it on the pipe that's connected to the turbo that the filter cone is on, or the filter system. So that pipe in front of the turbo, just a little tap there, and that's it. Very simple. You can still have all the benefits of a PVC. You can get your turbo pretty dirty, but a majority of my customers that come here, they vent the atmosphere. But you can do that, by all means, you know? Nice, shit. good. I like the Velocity Turbo. People, some people don't like the uneven, Doors, I think it's cool. I like the door, especially on the passenger side, it's easy to get in and out to put parts on. Yes, it does have an eco mode, and eco mode is very eco. And <laughs> what I mean by that, it dampens the throttle response significantly. If I had to take a wild guess based upon my excursion with OEMs, probably if you're at 20% throttle, it's only at seven, you know. So it kind of changes the relationship between your pedal and what happens on the throttle body. It also lowers the boost amount, lowers the torque output of the engine, the suspension is really soft. It really works, and like I said, with a combination of sport, eco, and normal, and me driving like a madman, I got 21, 21 miles per gallon on this car, which is it. pretty good, you know? Uh, is it worth to build a D series anymore, or go be okay? It depends. If you're the kind of person, that like I'm crazy, and you have something to prove, and you want to show the potential of the engine, the D is a very enjoyable, cost-effective engine to build, that can give back based upon your efforts. But if you're about power per dollar, power per liter the K you can't beat that the K is a really good engine for NAR application it's really good you know very very good Um, Tony Tony I like the AEM Um, I've had great experience with them they're very local to me god forbid I have any challenges I can just call Hawthorne, California and that's it it's pretty nice you know Um, with PVC relocation to turbo low octane any PVC application where oil mist goes into the crankcase Not crankcase but goes into the intake into the combustion chamber will reduce it so whether you put it in the intake manifold or pre-turbo if you if you have an engine set up where you're having a lot of venting of oil mist it will reduce your octane it's just what happens that's why I think most people tend to vent atmosphere a a catch can you know do I need to convert to manual to boost my auto cord so if you have an automatic regular automatic cord no the automatics can handle a little bit if you have a CVT, yeah, you got to do something about it. It's not going to do well. Thank you, Kirin, who loves my work. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. Zeke says, Z7, K24, of course. All motor street built on pump gas. What host part do you think is capable of on your cams and many off the parts? BC, you're the man. We've been following you since before i license. Thank you so much for the kind words. The Z7 is a wonderful potential engine. Um, I think you can get north of the 200s with bolt-on parts and camshafts, but the head and the exhaust doesn't flow as well as the older Legacy K-Series. So what's the solution, in my opinion? When it comes to any performance, the Z7 head, Z3 head, it's not the best. I'm being honest with you. You You can get to 200, 210, 215, but that's about it. We're not going crazy, crazy, crazy. Boost, on the other hand, is the way to go. This wagon, Z7 head, Pure manifold, turbo on it, stock engine all day, all night, 400 wheel. All day on a stock engine. You build the engine, you can eclipse the 1,000 horsepower mark. No problem. So it's pretty good, you know? My pleasure, Tony. Tony, thank you so much for being here with us. I'm happy to fight very soon. Yes, Turbo Netics for the win. Why did I delete the all-wheel drive on the Porsche dealing? Asked because it changed the characteristics of the car tremendously. Porsche's all-wheel drive system on the 996 feels very clunky <laughs> it just doesn't feel very light or responsive so it's a very popular mod to put in stubs in the front and remove the system plus it lightens the car up very nicely and when you do that the car feels it feels much lighter much more responsive it feels like the car should feel it's, it's kind of weird you know it's just that it takes up so much of your tank you know the front wheel drive differential system so thank your tank still stay small but it completely transforms the characteristics of the car. It's really, really good, you know? My pleasure, high rev Zeke. My pleasure indeed. Don't forget about me, says Nathan Heist. B18, B16, VTEC head on B20. Benefits when turbo and complete. Benefits are you have a much wider torque bed. That's the b- big benefit of that. Um, the LSs, when you start pushing the LSs and even boosting, yeah, the high horsepower application is there, or potential is there, which, whatever head you use. You can make five, six, seven, eight. It doesn't matter. But... In low RPMs, when you start opening up the the ports, when you start pushing more air in it, you can have that not-so-great power with the LS heads. Plus, the LS heads, the valve train is not super conducive for big camshafts, you know. Well, the VTEC ones can get away a lot more. So, if you're on a strict budget or want to be different, by all means, with Boost, all the way, go LS. Do it. Have fun. If you... Love to eat your kick and have it too. You want some nice low RPM power. You like the kick, the, the smack of VTEC, then by all means the VTEC head, especially if it doesn't kill your budget. It should be very nice, you know? Sounds good, Johnny. I wouldn't mind meeting you indeed. Which head though? 16 or 18? I like the B16. It's akin to the type R. The ports are slightly higher and if you have an opportunity to get either one, I'll go B16, by all means, you know? Um, yeah, they do. Kevin is right. They do fall off in high RPM on the LS heads. But, um, Kevin, what's cool is that a lot of guys that come here with LS boost don't really rev high. They stop at 7. And so, that being said, with a properly sized uh, turbocharger, they can t- still make four, five, six hundred horsepower if the bottom is built and have no problem. But when you start buzzing high, the rocker will like, just fly and get out. It's pretty interesting, you know? What could I do to get some ECU t- tuning lessons? It's so tough, HiZerik. If you have questions here, I can answer to intimately teach you how to tune. I don't have the capability of doing that. I must decline. Um, but I can point you in the right direction. You have a place like HPA overseas. You have EFI 101 here in the United States. HPA is an online course you can do overseas. And EFI 101 is the physical class where you can go in, it's EFI University, and they can actually display in front of you how to do it. And they also cover the background of tuning and, and engines and the auto cycle and all that good stuff. And then if you go to the advanced class, you can actually get in the car and tune yourself pretty cool you know gmo that's a good question gmo's asking when is a the beast motor car meet and I'm um, going to put one together very soon thank you so much k-hughes you're too kind you know 0.50 ar very small add-in good 810 psi skunk to inlet custom 2.5 tell me what size turbo because if it's a small turbo it has to be with a 0.5 ar don't be surprised if you're hovering on 200 180 it's not much it's very small you know I'm not familiar with the N22 at all, I rock you rule, you know. Shops in the NorCal that I trust to do a swap for 3S VE to a 3S GTE, I've done Toyota stuff, I do not know any in NorCal, so sorry. Don't mean to disappoint you, but I just don't know. What do I think about the 992, a 991.2 engine, very good. Um, Porsche repaired a lot of stuff they saw in the 991.1 engine on the 991.2. flows better, cams are improved. Good potential, especially with the turbo engines. They're very, very nice, you know? Power can get up a 944 turbo while still being a reliable street car. It depends on your budget. <laughs> so if you... You can do 400, 500, 6, but you have to buy some very, very, very good parts, you know? My pleasure, Budget Build. Thank you for your understanding. I appreciate that. I think good. That's a small turbo. You, 180 is a small turbo. Thank you so much, SS please um, for uh, yes by all means I recommend Golden Eagle which I should be going today which I should be going soon oh my god time is flying okay so guys here's what I'm gonna ask you guys before I depart um, I always take criticism constructively I want to get some input on what I think I should do with this show I've driven it velocity N. Um would you like to see the dyno let me know would you like me to break up the abyss of tech Tuesday into segments meaning I had a good guy yesterday come by I don't know if he's here but Leo and he tends to come to Tech Tuesday quite a bit, he made a suggestion to me that I should probably have Tech Tuesdays that are segmented based upon marquees. Maybe a Honda Tech Tuesday, and a Nissan Tech Tuesday, or a JDM Tech Tuesday, and a Euro Tech Tuesday, a Porsche one. Let me know if that is um, something you'd like to see happen. And if so, by all means. Yeah, that's a very small I didn't good. So I didn't good, I like to begin with end in mind. Meaning, if you're going to end up making 500 later on, which I think that was your goal, I'd go with a proper precision 57mm turbo. Now, it may be laggy on your stock engine. It'll be really fun. You can eclipse the 200 mark with a stock engine. But in the future, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, redo your manifold, redo your turbo, redo your setup. Tuning. You, it, it's much easier. You can work out all the bugs on the stock engine and build your built engine on the side. So I would personally, on a D-series, for what you're trying to do, get a 57-millimeter turbo precision. I may even have some here that can probably sell to you. I mean, just maybe something I use on a dyno for testing. I think I may have a couple of 57s use that and you'll be fine you know okay um you'd like to see nathan says you'd like to see that on the dyno and segments sound good okay i just don't want to alienate my porsche guys or my my vw guys or the hot rock guys opera guys i kind of i feel we all can learn from each other but i'm gonna ask and see if that's something you guys like to do you know one day you can talk about uh, spark and tipped tips and tricks from your past you know what jp i'll do that probably next year I'll talk about uh, next week I should probably talk about indexing of spark plugs and what I saw with that Looks pretty good you know pros and cons real quick of k20 versus k24 k24 a lot more displacement a lot more lower rpm torque potential but doesn't have the revving capability of the k20 primarily because of the rod ratio and the piston speeds experienced with the bottom end with such a long stroke most people combine the two they put a k20 head on a 24 bottom end Some of the older K24s from the Element and also the Crosstor, not even Crosstor, but Element CRV don't have the also performance enjoyable uh, VTEC assemblies that you may see with the K20s from the SIs and whatnot, or TSX K24s. So it kind of has limited power potential, but you combine the two, you get the best of both worlds. But once again, you're still limited based upon the raw stroke ratios on the riven capability of those, you know? How does your sequential do the shifting? Uh, It's just a barrel and a lever. Um, There's no pumps whatsoever with that. I just pull the lever and there are barrels and tumblers that turn and engage each of the forks to allow the shifting to occur. I still have to either use a clutch or a power interrupt to allow the shift, you know? So that being said guys, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I just want to be able to come by and interact with you and I appreciate all of the kind words and support and also the fact that you guys have been coming here week after week on my 66th episode of the tech tuesday um so that being said guys i'm so sorry i must depart um it's it's almost an hour to cut me off but tomorrow i'll come back hopefully earlier on and we'll do something really creative on the dino with this and you can join me okay thank you so much guys take care my pleasure guys have a good afternoon and keep the feedback coming stay tuned take care cheers Bye bye